Two in your RFM's health and well-being, naturopath David Lomond is with me today. We're exploring your saliva pH now. What can go wrong if we've got problems with our saliva pH? Lots, Dave. Yeah. Absolutely lots. Um, the thing is, most people don't even think about their saliva. They either got spit or they haven't got spit. And it's just something that we produce and we just take it naturally. So... What happens is, you know, we think about food and we start to salivate. We think about food and we start to get saliva in our mouth. We see food, we start to get saliva in our mouth if it's food that we want. So we're constantly producing saliva and we produce quite a lot of it through the day. Um, a lot of it just gets swallowed and that's more enzymes for our body. But most of it is needed for the actual digestion of food and it's a... It's a function of our body that is very, very important for the digestion of fats and carbohydrates in particular. Now, what about with our saliva pH if we've got too much alkaline? If we're too alkaline, generally it's a reflection on what's happening with the liver. So with Kerry Reams' work, and we'll talk about RBTI a little bit here, the RBTI analysis, when we're looking at the saliva pH, what we're looking for is how well the liver is functioning. Because Reams believed that the uh, saliva pH was a reflection of the function of the biliary system of the liver and how well the bile was actually flowing in the body and how well it was functioning in the body. Now, what about if we've got too much acid in our, of course, our saliva pH? Well, besides the fact we risk our teeth, which dentists will tell you is something that they check for, and uh, my dentist actually checks for the acid pH of the mouth. I don't know that he does anything about it, but he checks it to see where it is. And if the saliva pH is too acid, what happens is it will actually eat away the teeth faster and it will eat away the gums. One of the practitioners that we uh, actually worked with had a very acid pH and he was actually bringing up uh, blood in his saliva, mm. which he didn't even know was there until he actually did testing because how do you know these things are there unless you test them? Now, if you have got acid or alkaline saliva, what can you do about it? Well, the thing I suggest is that people do an RBTI analysis. And the reason for that is that that will tell you where the biochemistry is. And it's not just the uh, saliva of the pH that is tested. It's also the urine pH, it's carbohydrates, it's salts, it's ureas. So it gives you a broad outline of how well the body is coping and how well it's digesting. And digestive function is a key and critical opponent, uh, component of our health. Because without that, we are open and susceptible to pretty well anything. What's a desired pH level if we were looking at for saliva pH? The ideal pH level, as, as designated by Kerry Reams, was 6.4. And what he found was that when he got people healthy, their pH would drop back to that level. Um, he also had what's called a healing zone level. And the healing zone level is between 6.2 and 6.66.8. It's somewhere around that mark. Um, and that means that the liver's in reasonable shape and everything is going pretty well, providing that all the other numbers are in reasonable shape and within that healing zone as well. Now, some of our listeners listening now may have existing problems that they're, they're living with, they're trying their best to cope with in life. Through the RBTI testing, what can we find out where we may be able to work out, hang on, you've got a problem with your saliva pH, this is attributing to this existing problem you've got? Yeah, well... Of course, when people start to digest food, the very first thing they need to do is chew the food really well. And that mixes the saliva along with the food, especially salads. Um, it doesn't pay anybody to gulp down salads because you're not producing the saliva that is needed to actually break down the salad into its component parts so that it can do the best for you. 
And then the saliva has to have the enzymes in it that are going to do that breakdown. And to, to have that, it relies on a healthy liver because the liver also supplies the minerals that are needed in that saliva and everything else that is needed there. The saliva pH uh, is effectively a way of knowing whether your body is going to be able to break down carbohydrates effectively and fats effectively. If you aren't able to break down carbohydrates, it's been shown that that can lead to airborne-sourced allergies, that can lead to diarrhea, fibromyalgia, attention deficit disorder even, ADD, ADHD, because what's happening is there's too much carbohydrate in the body, it's not being broken down effectively, and it's leading to food intolerances and sensitivities. Now, for those listening now who are thinking to themselves, I've heard him talking about Kerry Reams and the RBTI method. What, what is that? Can you explain that to us? Yeah, well, the Kerry Reams method is to actually take samples of urine and saliva two hours after a meal to test those samples with laboratory equipment and to get a formula. And then we use that formula to tell, okay, what's actually happening in the body here? What is going on here? And we trace it back based on the work that Kerry Reams did since 1931. So it's been around for a long time. Naturopath David Lomond with us. And we're talking today about the saliva pH. Now, major role played in there is when we're eating with the fats. It is indeed, because if you can't digest fats effectively... And you, you can experience constipation, gallbladder problems down the track, heart disease or hormone imbalances. Because remember that the hormones in the body rely on the fat-soluble vitamins. And so if you're not having fat in your diet and digesting that fat in your diet, you're not getting the fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E and K. So therefore your body is going to suffer in some way and your, your hormonal system can go out of balance in some way because of that. Now, David, with our saliva pH, you touched on it about 10 minutes ago. I'd like to explore it a bit more, the teeth, dental problems in the teeth. Absolutely. Um, if it's too acid, of course, it can eat away at the teeth. But if, if the saliva pH is too alkaline, there's more likely that bacteria will form in the mouth and other things will happen. It's a bit like in the swimming pool. If you've... If you've got a swimming pool which is out of balance and it's too acid, you'll pull the calcium out of the walls of the pool. If it's too alkaline, you'll breed fungus, uh, bacteria, floaty green things, uh, all that type of material will just grow there out of the air, basically. Mm. So it's really important to balance that swimming pool. In my belief, it's even more important to balance your saliva and, and urine pH. Now, with the saliva pH, which we're talking about today, what role does water play? Water plays a huge role, and good quality filtered water is the best way to go, I believe. And the reason is that with uh, our body, our body doesn't waste anything. So the water that goes down or the fluids that go down in our body are in the bowel, and they are reabsorbed by the liver from there. So if we haven't been drinking much water, say we've been drinking just beer, for instance, as some people do, or too many coffees or whatever it might be, the water that we're reabsorbing is more toxic water. So therefore, the liver has to work harder. It has to do all the filtering system, and, and then other systems of the body may be compromised because the liver can't do those jobs because it's got over 2,000 different things to do. And it's continually doing those day in and day out. Thank you, liver. Mm. The... The important thing is that we recognize that the cleaner the material we put into our body, the healthier our body is going to be. So um, I was at the Broadmeadow Markets on 
Sunday and, you know, got to talk to a few of the people there and, you know, just the, it's just such an interesting place to go because there's healthy food there, there's really good things there. And I believe that just getting up early on that Sunday morning, going along there is, is a really good thing to do because it's letting us see where food really comes from. You can see it there, and that food is a lot easier to digest than something you're going to buy out of a supermarket. If we were to have a look at uh, being the benchmark 100% over a week, okay, we look, we can, we, weekly intake here of fluid into our body, yep. uh, putting it into a percentage over that 100%, where would you factor in, on, on a good healthy diet, water in comparison with water, alcohol, soft drinks, and milk, and juices? Where would you factor in if you were to look at all those in 100%? Um... Do you mean as a as an ideal scenario? Yeah. Because ideal optimal. Would you be saying, look, in your over weekly outtake, maybe forty five percent of that would be water intake you should or fifty eight percent or sixty or ideally optimally it'd be a hundred percent. Ah. Alcohol is a poison. Yeah. So we can handle a little bit of a poison because it goes a long way. Mm. We can't handle too much because it causes mood swings, causes variations, causes people to go out of balance, causes a whole lot of different things. That doesn't mean people are going to stop drinking alcohol. It's just to remember it is a poison because it makes the liver work harder and anything which does that is going to upset the balance in the body. So, yes, it can relax you, but that only means you don't know how to relax any other way. It means you haven't been trained in mindfulness or relaxation or any other way of being relaxed. So alcohol ought really to be something you can take or leave. You can go out, have a nice meal, have a nice glass of wine. You don't need the bottle. Mm. You don't even need half a bottle. The other things like the fruit juices, well, eat the fruit. Really eat the fruit. Mm. You know, it's a much better way of getting those juices because it's not the concentrated juice. The... Um, Vegetable juices are good, and there are some bottled vegetable juices which are very good, but check for the sugar and salt content of the juice. Just recognize that our body basically survives better, or I believe it survives better anyway, as a naturopath, and I see this all the time in the clinic, on vegetables with other things added to those vegetables than it does on anything else. And there's such a wide variety of vegetables available that there are vegetables there that anybody can eat. We go to Singleton for a call right now. And, uh, David, please say good afternoon to Sheridan. Good afternoon, Sheridan. Hi, David. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. I often listen to your show. I have a day spa, and um, I often listen to it and, and turn you up when my clients are nice and quiet. We can hear you. So I really enjoy what you're talking about. But there was one day you were talking about depression. Yes. And um, I couldn't... Um, leave the client and turn the phone up, so I missed most of it. Now, I've always done naturopathically things all my life, and I've been under iridologist most of my life. I understand the whole concept of everything about your health and well-being, but depression, is there sugar-related really high for depression? Yes, there are. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, like, like, like liking food, like coffee with a lot of sugar, um, sweet food... Yes. Is that more inclined to say, okay, yes, you can, you know, have a sugar craving and, and that's going to create more depression or? Well, it depends because, um, uh, and, and level mood system in our body depends on the capacity of our body to maintain and regulate the B group vitamins. So it's been proven that people on high sugar diets deplete their B group vitamins. And if you deplete your B group vitamins too much, you can become depressed. So that's just one of the reasons for depression. 
Okay, Sharon, I hope that helps you. And we move on now. We've got talking to us about biochemistry, Margaret. Good afternoon. Yes, good afternoon. Thank you, David. Hello, um, Margaret. I've heard you speak about biochemistry, and I have a daughter that's coping with Sweets syndrome, which is an autoimmune problem. And I was wondering if she'd get some information because she's on such heavy different drugs trying to make this thing go into remission. Would biochemistry help her? And where does one find a biochemist? Well, I believe that the RBTI analysis would pinpoint some of the difficulties that she's undergoing in her biochemistry. And by actually doing that, you would then have a much better chance of doing something about helping her body cope with what's happening. Yes. I don't particularly know the syndrome you're talking about. I'd have to look that up and just see what that is. And, well, and that's a very long word. Uh, it's named after the professor as far as sweets, but the whole long word is something to do with your white blood cells being overproductive, thinking that it's fighting an infection. It creates sores on the body that are terribly itchy, and um, it's just a nasty, unpleasant thing. Right, so there's inflammation happening in the body. I'd be looking at it from the point of view, okay, where is the biochemistry out of balance, and can we bring it back into balance? Mm. Okay, thank you. We hope you that helps you there, Margaret. We look forward to talking to you in the next couple of weeks also. Joining us now, hello, Wayne. How are you doing today? Right, mate, I'm all right. Hello, Doctor. I've got something that a certain person asked me about and it's been eaten away from me for a week as in what germs are involved when you pass wind there's what germs it's, yeah, it's more well, there must be some kind of germs or something no it's more what? fermentation in the gut that actually is build up of gas and the gas needs to get out so you can burp it out and sort of get out of it that way, or you can let it go the other way. Okay. Yeah. It's just a choice we make, in a way. Any What, what could to attribute to more of that and more gas than normal? Um, not being able to digest your carbohydrates will do that. Not being able to digest starches will do that. So what happens is there's a build-up of gas. If you eat beans, that will do it, because there's certain starches in the beans which need enzymes to be digested, and if you don't have those enzymes, you can't digest the beans. So lentils, for instance, are spectacularly... Uh, part of that and they used to make they didn't even make a movie on that didn't they yeah, they did hey our last call this afternoon ray joins us hello ray hi how are you hi ray very good yeah how are you doing all right i've been diagnosed with sicker syndrome okay another one i haven't heard of tell me about that one okay it's a it's a the lack of saliva in and moisture in your mouth and your your eyes okay um often when I've dealt with people with um, jammed up salivary glands and issues of that nature, it comes back to a deficiency of enzymes and it comes back to a deficiency of minerals. So, again, I would be looking at, okay, where is your body's biochemistry? What can be done about it? And uh, what are the things that you need to change in your diet and maybe water intake or whatever it may be to help rebalance your body. You can't, unfortunately, and this is the real problem, you can't promise anything because it's it's dependent on the person's individual makeup and the person's ability to follow through on the program and whether we can just tweak things along. However, I have worked with people who've had problems with uh, being able to produce saliva 
and myself uh, working with other practitioners has been able to get them back to a stage where they can produce that saliva. It sounds like Ray could definitely benefit from the RBTI testing. I would think so. Okay. Well, we're nearly out of time today. I want to thank you very much. Next week, what area are we exploring next week? We're going to talk about the salts in the urine and how that affects the conductivity, but how it also can lead to things like heart attacks if the salts are too high, just how, and it's not because the salts are high in the urine, it's because the salts are actually high in the blood. Now, if you would like more details about what we've spoken about this morning, RBTI testing, or to explore a little bit further any questions you may have with naturopath David Lomond, here's an important phone number, 412 Two zero two nine five three. That's the number to get through to David. Zero four one two two zero two nine five three. Or give us a call at two in your RFM on four nine two one double five double five. We'll point you in the right direction. Thank you very much for today, David. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, everyone.